Hey, it's Mystic Chick. Welcome to part one of How to Manifest a Lover. Stay tuned for part two of How to Manifest a Lover coming soon. Follow me on Twitter at chick underscore mystic for the latest info on upcoming episodes of Happy Hour with Mystic Chick. Stay mystical, my friends. Hello, everyone. Mystic Chick here. It's about that time to grab some pink champagne, a love potion cocktail, or a handful of Hershey Kisses, and get settled into a big, puffy cloud of positive energy to contemplate another morsel of mystic goodness. So tonight's episode is one of our love-focused episodes for February. It's no surprise that Valentine's Day is in February. And so um, this has kind of been the designated month of love. Now you can add some extra O's, you can add a V or two or three or four, but you get what I'm saying. So tonight we are going to kind of focus on the area of manifesting a lover. And then in the next episode, we are going to kind of move that forward with a spicier episode about, okay, you snagged a lover, now what do you do? But um, the question is, do you want more love in your life? Do you feel like you keep repeating the same bad relationships? Are you tired of reservations for one? This episode will help you manifest the lover of your dreams so you don't have to keep reliving the same relationship nightmares. It's going to be a big question, first of all, before kind of manifesting the love that you desire, asking yourself kind of what's holding you back from attracting love. And so we will connect Virgo Lass into the discussion. Hello, Virgo Lass. How are you? Hello, Mystic Chick. (laughs) How you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Hanging in there on this lovely Mercury retrograde. All right. I feel the need to ask you. It's a question that I would ask my kindergarten classes. Is it a thumbs up kind of day? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a thumbs down kind of a day. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll give it a thumbs up. You know, I'm off today. I didn't have to go out into the snow. I got some cleaning done. I've got a drink in my hand. So, all right, I'll give it a thumbs up. Okay, because your other option besides thumbs down is sideways thumb. So that's okay too. Yeah, that's just kind of an an okay day. Yeah, sort of like a a lawful neutral. (laughs) Yes. So what are you drinking tonight? I'm having, um, it's one of my favorites. I'm just doing like LaCroix with um, some Maker's Mark and a splash of Campari to give it a lovely red color. <laughs> wow, you went all out. I feel <laughs> like really kind of sad now. Oh, wait, my uh, sparkly water is kind of, it's got pink and red on the can. So it kind of Look goes. Look at with the us, we're festive. <laughs> we're on theme. <laughs> We are so festive, it hurts. <laughs> oh, wait, <laughs> on, that's the next episode. <laughs> on Tuesdays, we drink pink. <laughs> yeah. 
So um, the biggest, the the first question of the night, because there's, it's actually, there's like a, a flow here. There's a path that we're going to journey down as far as manifesting a lover. I've put a lot of thought into the organization of this episode because um, manifestation is not something you want to just toss around lightly because you don't want to manifest the wrong thing. No, you don't. You have to be very careful about what you manifest because sometimes the thing that you think you want to manifest is not something that you actually want in your life. (laughs) Yes. That's the whole watch out for what you wish for thing. Yeah. Yes. So um, before we kind of get into the whole manifestation thing, which is kind of the fun part, the creation, you have to kind of like go a couple steps back. And the first, ask yourself a few questions. Um, And actually, it's a few questions with a series of other questions related to them. But um, the first one is what's holding you back from attracting love? Because a lot of times when you find yourself getting into different patterns, um, there's kind of a reason why you keep kind of going through the same stuff. So there are a few things attached to that. One of them is, um, well, and this is one that you kind of brought up about the importance of loving yourself first. It's, do you have a loving relationship with yourself or are you looking to fulfill that love externally? Because if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen? Amen. (laughs) I feel so righteous. (laughs) Um, But it's true. It's... um, it's a huge thing because there you go through, you're almost like this empty shell that keeps needing to be refilled or you can't exist. And um, it's not, there's no shame about that because I mean, I think that a lot of people um, do it without even really realizing that they're doing it until they kind of look in the mirror one day and they're like, geez, you know, when was the last time I said anything positive about myself to myself? Like, And I feel like those of us who, um, and like this doesn't, has nothing to do with, you know, um, whatever gender you are, but those of us who were raised as female children were always kind of told to um, just kind of like, oh, don't ever like be conceited. If you think anything about yourself is good, that means you have a swelled head and you're conceited. Um, Always downplay yourself, you know. Um, I mean, the way that like girls always bond in the bathroom growing up is, you know, the am I fat game, you know, am I fat? Oh, no, you're not fat. Look at me. I'm fat. What are you talking about? You're not fat. No, I'm the fattest. And it's just this whole like just really ridiculously dumb game where you think everyone's winning, but nobody's winning. Nobody's a winner. And, you know, it kind of goes, you can even do it with all kinds of things like, oh my gosh, my hair looks like, you know, I stuck my finger in an electric socket and now it's like ready to eat someone. But your hair is so beautiful today. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, anytime you look at yourself in the mirror, you have to downplay something about yourself. And then, yeah. And your friends um, build you up and then um, they tear something about themselves down. And if you are the one who like dares to look at yourself in the mirror and says, you know what? I'm having a good hair day. It's like, oh my God, you were so conceited. You just lost the game. 
Unless you're a Leo, then it's expected. <laughs> That's actually very true. Leos <laughs> do got a special dispensation on that. <laughs> Leos will somehow make that work. <laughs> so this actually, your comments relate to the second point, which is, do you feel you aren't worthy of love? Like if you're constantly ripping yourself apart in order to either just like boost up the people around you or just because you're not thinking about it and that's just kind of the habit that you've fallen into. Um, is that a, like, do you ever sit there and wonder about that question? Has that ever occurred to you in your life? Or is this just kind of, this one might be more for people kind of going through some negative relationships, but I just thought I'd ask. Yeah, I'm trying to think because, you know, like that was all a long, long time ago. <laughs> but I do, I do remember um, one thing that was, uh, I say, like self sabotaging when I was, you know, like young and innocent and dating and everything. It wasn't necessarily so much low self esteem as it was, you know, just like, just always complaining about how hard it was to meet some someone and just always being like, oh, I'm never going to meet someone. I'm never going to meet somebody cool. Never this, never that. And, you know, it's like, you're never going to meet someone cool that way. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I, yeah, it's like, oh, this is never going to happen to me. It's like, that is not how you manifest something. No, and we're definitely going to talk about that a lot. But um I was actually thinking about this question myself because, and it might've popped up for me as I'm working on <clears throat> all this prep work because I did have um, violent relationships in my past. And there were times where I looked in the mirror and I'm like, you know, I don't deserve anything. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not worthy of accepting love or anything good. And, you know, you just have this like really like, trodden kind of sense of self and you just kind of feel like you are an extension of you know the other person and that you aren't worthy of having your own anything and so yeah. um and we've talked before about you know the emotional vampires and you know like dating like you know someone who's like you know like narcissist borderline sociopath where i mean if you feel that way and you're when you're looking in the mirror, that's not all necessarily yourself, like, or that's all not necessarily like on yourself. Like you didn't do that to yourself. Someone else did that to you. That is true. I mean, yeah. I, and it, sometimes it's, and we're going to talk about this a little bit too, because all these questions and kind of thoughts are linked. Um, But okay. So this is, the next thing kind of leads into that, which is why do you keep experiencing unsatisfying relationships? And the first kind of thought about this is, are there patterns that keep repeating in your relationships? Do you feel like you're kind of re-experiencing the same relationship only with different people? Yeah, I'd say that most of the people I know who are in bad relationships, yeah, like they just go from one cycle to another cycle. Yeah. And, and I think that like, uh, they say like, you know, it's, it can be just really hard to find the red flag sometimes, like, especially when you're in the beginnings of a relationship. I think that I heard this quote somewhere, like, I think it was Bojack Horseman, like, you know, the beginning of a relationship, you're wearing rose colored glasses. How can you tell what the red flags are? Like they all look red, you know, <laughs> or they're all more like this 
hazy shade of pink. Oh my goodness, you're so right. Well, and I I think I came across something earlier today uh, reading about somebody whose music I listen to quite a bit, (laughs) who is just kind of called out in the media. Um, (laughs) Right. So, um, but a lot of the people who were kind of, uh, you know, I I was reading some of their accounts and they kept talking about love bombing, you know, and how the most kind of destructive relationships start almost more beautifully than most normal relationships should, you know, yes. it's fairy tale. Exactly. So, you know, you get, you know, the, the dozen roses all the time and, you know, you have just these magical moments and um, then all of a sudden they stop <laughs> and you wonder what, what did I do to make it turn? <laughs> exactly. And you're constantly trying to get back that high that you had at the beginning because you're positive that that was the real person, not this monster that you're with now. You're like, no, he's just going through something right now. And if I stick it out, I'm going to get back to the real person that he was. But like that person didn't actually exist. And I'm saying he, but it could also be she. I mean, like abusive relationships come in all sorts of flavors. Oh, yeah. Are they anything, you know, however one identifies, it's just, but it is kind of the same situation when you have two people kind of in a relationship that turns pretty dysfunctional, it's going to be, you're going to see kind of the same patterns emerge. Um, And then that kind of leads into the second point, which is, are you drawn to people that keep you in the low vibrational energy that you feel you deserve because of low self-esteem and everything else? And so, you know, you go, and that's why they say those, those kinds of, uh, patterns are cyclical and they repeat with different people, but, um, you just kind of, you're already vibrating at a low energy frequency because of all of the negative experiences that you had with a certain someone. And then you end up breaking up somehow, usually weirdly because the other person breaks up with you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That happens quite a bit. Otherwise you're ending going through the cycle for way too long. And um, then you instantly fall into the arms of another someone who does the exact same stuff. Well, sometimes, too, I can feel like that when the person gets out and of out of an abusive relationship, they're unfortunately have really bad relationship habits. So say they are dating and say they are dating somebody who's like, you know, a really nice person and all of a sudden they're like the, you know, they're like the bad one in the relationship, not the nice person, but they're just, you know, they've just had these bad habits where, you know, like they would fight all of the time and then the fight would turn into amazing sex. And that's what this person is mistaking passion for. So they start Mm. repeating those patterns with this new person and the new person is like, what is going on here? (laughs) Like, why are you this mad at me? Like, all I did was like drop a drop a shaker of salt like I didn't think it was that serious or you know or maybe like you were with someone who was an alcoholic and so you got used to you're not necessarily an alcoholic yourself you left that person because of that but you still associate heavy drinking with a relationship so all of a sudden like this new person is like so have you noticed that you're drinking every single day and it just 
didn't occur to you that that's that you don't have to do that. You know, you just thought that was what being in a relationship was. So I think that's sometimes what can drive a person back into the same type of a relationship because they were like, this is what I know, this is familiar, and I'm not the bad one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. It's it's so true though. There's so many things and I mean it's weird because there's levels to it too. You know, you have like the behaviors and then you have like these kind of very basic intrinsic needs where, you know, you feel like if you behave a certain way, it will provoke this thing. And, you know, you just negative attention is still attention, you know, it goes exactly. back to the whole like love and hate are preferable to apathy. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so then when you kind of think about all the, cause these are a lot of, this is a lot to ponder, but this is, this is definitely important stuff to consider before you kind of jump into the manifestation, um, section here. So there's one more kind of element to consider. And that is, is having love in your life a priority? Because a lot of people out there are like, oh, I'm never, I can never find the one. I just don't, you know, know what I'm doing wrong. And I just, you know, never have anybody for those like significant moments. But then, you know, you start to question them a little bit further. And it's like, well, yeah, you know, I work a lot and I really need to just focus on that right now. Or, you know, this one has been really tough for me to hear. I've heard this a lot over the years um, doing readings and, and just in, you know, running into people even. It's the single moms mm-hmm. with the kids and they just feel like they can't date at all because they need to put their kids first. And, I understand that. And that is, you know, you definitely need to do that to a point, but you have to carve out some time for yourself and make kind of your needs a priority because it's like the whole, put the oxygen mask on yourself first. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely something. And, and honestly, you know, that's a lot to balance and I know it's hard, but I mean, if you, if there's, you know, moms out there who haven't dated in years because of their kids and their kids are, you know, high school, college age now, I think that it definitely might be time to reconsider like kind of what you're prioritizing as far as your own needs. Exactly. It can be tough to jump back in the game after having been out of it for a while, but sometimes you have to give yourself a little push. Oh, yeah. And I think that also, like, if there is a time where, you know, you do have a relationship that didn't work the way you wanted it to, um, and it, it just, you left it because there were things that just weren't, your needs weren't addressed, or there were other issues, you need to take some time then to kind of process that relationship before you move on to another one, because you don't want to repeat the same. Absolutely. 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 Because so many people, like they don't want to leave a relationship until they have the next person lined up. (laughs) It's like a job. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like, yeah, you'll, everybody has a friend who's a serial monogamist and that person isn't just giving themselves the space to just take a breath, deal with their shit, 
and figure out how they can be a better partner. Sometimes like people get so focused on uh, like what they want out of the other person that they forget about what they should also be bringing to the table. That's such a Virgo observation. (laughs) (laughs) You got to check yourself first. (laughs) Check yourself before you wreck yourself. (laughs) Good times. (laughs) But, you know, you're right, because it's I think that a lot of people do play the blame game and they're just like, you know, well it was so-and-so's fault that this relationship fell apart. And it's like, well, it takes two though. So, you know, maybe just think about that. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that is like the hard part of like going to therapy and doing your shadow work and figuring like, you know, really getting into this stuff because, you know, when you come out of like a relationship where you're hurting so badly from the actions of another person, Like it can take a while to even be ready to acknowledge what your part in all of that was. Oh, yeah. And I think that, you know, it's not you still have to acknowledge your part, even if it was and this sounds terrible, but even if it was an abusive relationship, because you have to look at like what needs were you trying to get met in a way that was unhealthy so that you can break that cycle and kind of meet those needs in a a more positive way. Exactly. And also like what happened in your childhood that made you like find a relationship like this safe in some way. Yeah, that's years of therapy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're not saying that you shouldn't date anyone until you've had years of therapy. We're just saying, you know, like at least get a couple sessions in. (laughs) Just uh, just do a few coffee dates first. Yeah. (laughs) It's just lunch. Um, But no, I mean, I think even just the acknowledgement, though, that things did happen in your past before you got into the dating realm um, and that you were possibly repeating cycles or kind of reenacting situations um, from, you know, your childhood through some of your relationships, acknowledging it even and saying, okay, you want to do things differently it might take years for you to kind of get to be, feel a little bit more whole, um, you know, through therapy and that sort of thing. But at least you will be able to work on identifying the positive attributes of, of the next partner and kind of, you know, possibly meeting somebody that can help you work through things in a positive way. Right. I think that in the spiritual community too, they refer to that as breaking ancestral curses you know, like if, yeah, like if there's like a long line of, you know, um, alcoholism in your family or, you know, like just like women marrying the wrong men and then dating the wrong men and all of that, then yeah, it's like trying to break that curse that you got from like this long line in your family to make sure that it doesn't happen again and that you don't inflict that on your future offspring if you choose to have them. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot to, oh my goodness. I There are whole books on that subject. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I always um, think about, there is this, um, have you ever seen uh, the Kimmy Schmidt show? 
<laughs> yeah, I, I watched the first season or maybe two. I don't remember. How many seasons of that were there? I want to say at least four, but I'm thinking particular maybe it was the third season where she starts going to therapy and Tina Fey is her therapist. <laughs> and Tina Fey is like, you know, this amazing therapist during the day, super professional. But as soon as the sun goes down, suddenly she's drunk. <laughs> and so like she'll be like in a in a therapy session with her where she's like writing that has her glasses on writing these down little notebooks like okay yeah tell me more about this sort of thing you know there's no easy path to therapy and then all of a sudden she's drunk and she's like let's go on the rooftop and do vodka shots and then she like tells her so if you want a shortcut to therapy it's always your parents who fuck you up <laughs> That's the short answer. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Too long, didn't read. <laughs> we, we definitely saved a lot of people a lot of time and money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there you go. Um, no, and there's a lot of truth to that in, in, a, in a number of situations. It's definitely something to consider. But um, yeah, so there's a lot of things that you need to kind of address with your own life and your past relationships before you kind of take that next step and start to work on manifesting a lover that is compatible with you, that is in a corporate terms, a good fit, Yes, <laughs> which is also literal, <laughs> <laughs> but we won't go there till next time. Cause that is going to be the spicy episode. So that's yes, we're going to get teaser. spicy up in here right now. Like this episode, you have to do the work. <laughs> <laughs> Got to set everything up, set the stage, yeah, if you will. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I actually, oh my gosh, we have uh, several spicy episodes in the works. Um, I talked with my sister today who brought up something that we had actually just been discussing and we'll, we will have a, an entirely different episode just for that topic, but um, it's definitely becoming more common probably because of the pandemic. Anywho. <laughs> So much to look forward to. So, um, but when you are ready, then after you make your kind of assessments about kind of where you are in your life, you know, what's, what has been kind of holding you back from love or what have you been, you know, keeping yourself a little too busy with so that you didn't have to focus on love and what patterns do you want to kind of make sure you don't repeat with the next relationship, then it's time to work on the manifestation of a Yes, lover. you're Yay! finally ready. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot to this episode. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it just is. Yeah, it's so, not just like light a candle and uh, like wish your crush no crush notices you. That's, that's how we're going here. You can't just hop on to Etsy and purchase a love spell with a little pink candle and think that everything's going to be fine. All right. <laughs> you can do that, but you got to do some other things too. <laughs> so um, in order to, yeah, I know this is more actual setup, but now at least we're like on the path to manifesting. You have to, dun, 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 dun. I know there's sound effects for that, but I need to practice with those still. <laughs> My son with his uh, podcast, I will plug that for half a second, Dan's Miscellaneous Ramblings, which is also on Podbean. Um, he has a lock on his sound effects. So um, he has been schooling me on a lot of different things, but we will be practicing that next, the sound effects. So um, 
make space for love is the first thing to do before you kind of work on the manifesting itself. You need to make sure of a couple things. One of them is something that we talked about before in preparation for this episode, the relationship detox episode, cutting cords of attachment. You need to make sure that you have cut your cords to all of your past relationships, even, you know, make sure to possibly cut your cords to any family members, your parents, because you don't want to kind of drag that element back into the next relationship. You don't want to repeat any patterns from childhood or from past relationships. Exactly. Yeah. Like break your generational curses. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (laughs) (laughs) And cut the cords, send them off in a puffy cloud of love and wave bye-bye. Yeah. Add sparkles if you want. That's totally up to you. (laughs) Use your sharpest scissors though. Or your cat. (laughs) Or or your, yeah, or your cat, your deceased pet who will like gnaw the fuck out of those cords. (laughs) (laughs) and then take a murder nap afterwards. (laughs) Great visual. (laughs) So after your cords of attachment have been cut. Speaking of cat, my living cat is screaming for me right now. So I'll start making him, I'll start making him his dinner as we talk. (laughs) Well, you know, it isn't a true happy hour with Mystic Tech episode unless we hear cat noise. (laughs) (laughs) that is awesome that almost sounds fake (laughs) (laughs) oh he has a tendency to do that (laughs) (laughs) my cat just kind of you know like these kind of half-assed meows but that is awesome (laughs) (laughs) um so the next one then after you cut all your cords of attachment and you know you might want to just do some i think they call it in the webinar community housekeeping, just kind of clear out all your cords, just, you know, the positive ones, the negative ones, especially like if you're a single parent, cut the cord to your kids so that kind of that energy isn't interfering with um, meeting someone and just kind of cutting the cord. (laughs) (laughs) Bowie has things to say. (laughs) I I do have a cat on the logo for the show. So, I mean, it's definitely, we are are fulfilling the bill here. (laughs) We are. We are. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, my cat has, um, he has dry kibbles like most of the time. And then he gets his like midnight snack. It really is. It's like 11 or 12 at night. He gets soft food. So um, that buys me some time before he starts to like knock things over or destroy things. Because he doesn't meow as much as destroy. Yeah, no, but we just like meow super loud so that you have, you cannot ignore him. <laughs> he will not be ignored. Oh my gosh. I actually... I'm looking in my studio and my son, Dan, from Dan Miscellaneous Ramblings is actually in the house. So hi, Dan. (laughs) If you want to call in, Dan, and share any any relationship tips or any other musings, go for it. Oh, Oh, I'm sure he totally wants to do that with his mom. (laughs) Wait, he's connecting. Hang on. (laughs) Oh. Hey, 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 this isn't Dan's miscellaneous ramblings, but it is, in fact, 
happy hour with Mystic Chick. So are you, that's cool. are you like trying to like uh, piggyback off? You're not doing your 15 minute podcast in my show, are you? Uh, n- n- no, no, I, that's the <laughs> opposite not, of what I'd ever do. I'm not not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so we were just talking about like getting ready to to bring love into your life. You need to kind of cut cords of attachment to past people or just anybody in your life that you feel could impact you kind of bringing in new love. So who would you put on that list, Dan? Yes, your mother would like to know. <laughs> Inquiring of, of who I would cut off in order to bring in new love. Yeah, you don't, it doesn't mean you have to like end the relationship. It's just kind of like energetic housekeeping. (laughs) That's the cat. (laughs) Oh boy. Well, this is a very stressful question Uh, because most of the people I've already cut out if I, if they need to be cut out in order to help me feel better, in order to feel more ready to find love and happiness in the world. (laughs) <laughs> well this is definitely a good episode then for you if you've already like cut your cords because you can cut cords to me i cut my cord to you all the time babe <laughs> uh, she I thought you only the cut my original cord cutter of the cord <laughs> <laughs> nice one that's true i did only physically <laughs> cut the cord once um but uh no because it's just in order for anybody in your life even the people you care about to live their best lives you want to make sure that you are kind of consistently cutting cords on a regular basis and just kind of letting them have their it creates space in any relationship in your life so that both parties are happier Hmm. yeah that makes sense good to know all right so we're just going to keep moving along then. Um, feel free to listen in, or if you want to pop out, that is totally fine too. I don't know where the, maybe that's water. I don't know. <laughs> um, so the next thing on the list though is, I'm trying to figure out, is someone running water or is uh, that, that? Nope, that's not on my end. Okay, Dan, we might need to hang up with you because you might be bringing in some feedback, bud. Oh, it's a, I'm bringing in negative energy. <laughs> negative energy into our puffy cloud of positivity. <laughs> All right, I guess guess you got to cut me out so that you can find some more love. Please don't <laughs> cheat on dad. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go then. Uh, I'll catch you all later. Make sure to listen to Dan's miscellaneous ramblings, my 15 minute podcast that. Oh, he ended. <laughs> Well, I didn't even cut him off. (laughs) I just dropped. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Dan, from Dan's Miscellaneous Ramblings. Um, So so then after you cut the cords, your next move then is feng shui. (laughs) I don't know how many people out there are kind of know much about feng shui. Do you, what, how, where do you kind of fall on the feng shui spectrum, Virgo S? See, I actually had a book about it in my 20s, and I probably ignored everything. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I I, I did learn about it that way. I think my mom actually gave it to me as a present, you know, like, dear God, please clean your apartment. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, wait, I actually have a book because I'm a I'm a cancer. And I like to, you know, do things from the heart, not as much as, you know, cleaning them. 
So, yeah. um, by the way, like I am a terrible Virgo when it comes to cleaning. I am convinced the clean freak Virgos are all born in September. So Plus, I, I have ADHD and so, and uh, like I have issues with executive function. And so like, I don't have a dopamine response to like doing a task. So my entire body <laughs> constantly is just like, no, I don't want to get off of the couch. Why would I ever get off of the couch when I don't have to? But medication helps. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you need this book because I actually have two. I was going to bring up some stuff from the other one. But um, the joy of leaving. Okay, I'm going to have to swear now. So anybody under 18. Oh, I think I know this title. <laughs> put on your earmuffs. The joy of leaving your shit all over the place. Yes. <laughs> this is like the anti-feng shui book. And I got it as a joke for myself to make myself feel better for those times when I didn't feel like cleaning. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's got a lot of like helpful things. So um, I'm trying to think of something. There's something about the yard. Keep plastic and broken stuff hidden behind the house if there's broom. <laughs> so, yeah, if you... If you I mean, uh... But that's kind of the thing is that, like, especially if you have ADHD, it's like you don't have any sort of object permanence. It's like if something is out of sight, it's out of mind. You know, like when you do that with a baby, the peekaboo game, like people with ADHD never grow out of the people the peekaboo game it's peekaboo it really forever it that's really how it is like that's why i can't have like a filing system because if i file something away like if i file away my bills i won't pay those bills because i just i they're not they're not in front of me so i don't think they exist anymore oh my okay yeah, yeah that would be that would so make that's like the challenge is uh, being able to organize your home but also keep things in plain sight because if they're not in plain sight, they don't exist anymore. Okay, so no hidden storage for you. <laughs> I've tried with the hidden storage. Like I have my coffee table actually like um, has storage in it. And I was like, this is going to be the solution to all of my clutter problems in the living room. And like, nope, nope, nope. Like if I put stuff in there, it just goes into a black hole never to be seen again. So I just don't put stuff in there because... Like, why would I? I'm not putting stuff into a black hole. All right. So then the question is, you said you got a book from your mom, a uh, feng shui book. Was it the compass style or was it black hat style like oh, bag was? I don't think I, it was not that serious. You know, it was like something she got from Barnes and Noble. That's just like, put bells in this corner. <laughs> oh, I think I have that one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was probably like, Feng shui for white people. I remember <laughs> one of my, I remember one of my friends at the time said that, you know, he was like, I'm going to create a business where I like go to like rich people's houses, like in Lincoln Park and, you know, where we live in Chicago, that is like the hoity-toity neighborhood. And he's like, I'm going to like go while people are at work and I'll ring their bells and I'll like move like this thing from one corner to the other corner just to keep the feng shui up. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, we actually, Actually, in the in the future, I do have on the uh, agenda a fun at least one functional oh, episode plan. Oh no, honestly, I am really really excited to hear this. I absolutely need to function my life, but you know, like <laughs> since my brain doesn't work that way, I need help. <laughs> and it's just uh, so. Here are some some things 
uh, this is kind of feng shui light for um, kind of the whole love situation. But um, <clears throat> I'm trying to grab the bagua. But uh, anyway, so for feng shui, um, I do kind of the bagua style. And um, that's, as I've mentioned in a few other episodes, it is a grid of nine. And um, I'm trying to figure out the one I used last time here. Just grab it. But um, so you have nine quadrants. And the way you orient it is you have, um, I'm trying to look at, the front door would be, you have your front door and then you walk into your house and it's, you can apply the bagua to a bunch of different places, which is why we'll have to devote at least one full episode to this sort of thing. But you walk in the front, the first level of your house and you walk through the front door and the first three quadrants would be along this first like front area. So you have, you know, knowledge in the court, the, like the front left corner, then you have career um, right in kind of the middle front. And then you have helpful people and travel in that uh, right hand corner closest to the front door. So if you have this grid of nine and you can imagine, say, like a Rubik's Cube or something, what we're talking about for love is um, the back right corner, which is it's called different things depending on the Bagwell map you pull up. Uh, love and partnerships, marriage, uh, relationships, love. My preferred way to label it is relationships because it can not only kind of work for love and that sort of thing, but also any other relationship in your life. So if you kind of amp up this area, you will have more effective relationships, better communication, um, that sort of thing in any every area of your life. It's a great thing. So with this back right quadrant on the first floor of your living space, um, these colors you want to kind of bring in in some way. You don't have to pick all of them. But red, pink, or white are great colors for that area. And um, also just kind of making sure that the space is balanced. So this feng shui is very, like, graphic. It's very literal. It's very, you know, just in your face. So if you have, if you walk in and you see your bedroom only has a nightstand on one side, say your bed is pushed against the wall and you only have, you know, the one bedside table, you are out of balance. So you would want to find some way to kind of bring that back into balance, either move the bed if you can't. Um, I think there's a way to even like, there's some solves for that situation. It kind of depends on the space, but um, you could even get kind of a table that like like folds flat against the wall and then kind of flips up or just like it's the intention intention also so just kind of intending that someone could use the space on the other side um so you want to make sure that things are as balanced as possible if you're making room for love in your life you're going to want to actually have space in your bedroom for someone else to be so that means two nightstands you know two lamps if possible um, 
have one of the nightstands have empty drawers, empty cabinets, whatever, leave it. Bachelors, are you listening to this? (laughs) This is time to uh, create feather your nest. Yes. (laughs) Um, But you're going to want um, to have space. So if somebody were to stay over or move in, they could put their things somewhere and you would already, you're already setting the intention that there's someone else in your bed. Um, same with your closet. You want to make sure that there is, if there's not two closets or a huge walk-in, like divide the closet space and leave one space empty for someone else's stuff. Yeah. Speaking of bachelors, I'm also just going to throw it out there. I don't know if this is feng shui, but like also common sense. And <laughs> it doesn't even have to be that you're like looking for a relationship. Maybe you're just hooking up and you're bringing ladies home, whatever. For the love of God. Oh, more than one towel. (laughs) Well, and that kind of points to, that is feng shui because it points to balance. So you want to make sure that your place in and of itself is balanced, that every room has the things in it that you need to kind of like move forward in the direction that you want your life to go. So, um, That means, you know, you need to look around and not just looking at your bedroom or that love quadrant. I mean, I think it's both. There's two levels to this because you have the bedroom itself, um, which we're kind of talking about balancing out the bedroom. But if the bedroom happens to fall in a different um, quadrant of the house, that's fine. Um, You know, you might need to kind of integrate some of the colors that correspond to that bagua. But just making sure that things are balanced and that you have space for that person to move into your life, that is mainly the game. The other things to remember with um, the feng shui of all of this love stuff is when you look in your bedroom, you want to make sure that it is a space for you, for sleeping, for other things. You want to look around though. And and if you're sitting there stuck, like, why don't I have somebody in my life? And you go into your bedroom and you realize that you have, you know, your desk for work in there and you have like work spread out all over the floor, or you have a bunch of workout equipment in your bedroom, or you have pictures of your children everywhere, you know, you, that may be a subconscious signal to you as to what you're truly prioritizing, or alternatively, that um, some of the things are causing um, extra impediments that don't need to be there. So say you have your work all over spread out on the floor, or, you know, you have your desk kind of pushed in there because of all this pandemic, you know, working from home stuff or whatever, um, you know, the work then becomes physically, you know, because you have to walk over half your stuff to get to bed, but also that, you know, maybe energetically it's creating more situations with work where you're, you're tied up more with work. So you have less time for yourself. The other thing is, um, you know, like the, the workout equipment, it's like, what message are you really sending to yourself? Like relationships take too much work, (laughs) too much effort, you know, that sort of thing. Like you really have to work at relationships. Like that's why you, you kind of need to look at the symbolism of kind of your space. And the kids are kind of a no brainer because, you know, you don't watch, 
want to have your kids watching you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, and that's kind of like an energetic symbol of that. And it's also like, do you have a ton of pictures of your kids in there? Because then it's really showing where your priorities lie. Like, Right. And, and, and we're not saying that you can't have pictures of your children in your bedroom, but maybe have them like, you know, behind the bed so that they're not facing the bed. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it really depends on your space. Like it, it depends. So say your bedroom falls in the middle area of your first floor living space. That is actually the, or not the middle, the, <laughs> the left middle part of your living space is the children area of your home. So if your bed fell in that quadrant, then having a picture of your children there in some way would kind of boost up that energy of that space. But you don't have to have like 25 pictures of your children in that area. One will do it. Yeah, just pick your favorites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's the other thing. So we have the back right uh, ninth of your living space on that first floor. Um, you want to amp up with red, pink, and or white in some fashion. Um, it could be, and it doesn't have to even be seen. It could be a, a square of construction paper in one of those colors behind a picture. Um, you also want to look for things like people um, or art in that area of your place that have, um, that are looking away, that are separated from each other that look despondent, anything depressing, dead, sad, whether it's an art or a dead plant, if you have a cactus in that area, anything like that, you probably want to take out. So those are definitely things to think about. Okay, but unless you're like kind of spooky and you're looking to attract <laughs> other spooky people. <laughs> well, that's, that is the, <laughs> the only caveat. <laughs> So um, besides the feng shui, though, so you, those are kind of the things, but you, there have been a bunch of places, because I mean, that's part of what I do is, is you know, I, I do assessments, feng shui kind of living space assessments and that sort of thing. And, and there have been a number of places that I've gone into, uh, one in particular where the woman was like, I don't know why I'm having such a hard time meeting somebody and she did have a huge framed painting from a friend above the bed of this woman looking away. And it just was kind of like dark and dreary. And it was it was a single woman just in this big uh, painting. So it was definitely sending that message of singular energy. Oh, that's so interesting. I mean, I'm trying to like, yeah, I'm trying to think like, you know, when I was, you know, back when I was dating, like I was in my early 20s. So it was just like crap and collages everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I, but I mean, like, I guess like when you're in your 20s, like, I mean, it doesn't take that much to like attract somebody like, you know, just wear a low cut shirt. You're all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the days. <laughs> Those are the days. Um, but uh, so basically, though, it's just kind of these are some tips to and, and making sure that your your bedding is kind of if you need to refresh it, get some new sheets. You know, you can find some on sale for pretty cheap. Just do anything, maybe a few throw pillows. But um, set the intention that you are welcoming love into your bedroom because, you know, that's 
hopefully where it will end up. Yeah, that actually reminds me of a story that I heard of uh, this one guy who was saying how, you know, it's like, hey, I want girls over to my house. What do girls like? Girls like pillows. So he like <laughs> bought like a bunch of like throw pillows and just like put pillows like all over his house. <laughs> so <laughs> That is awesome, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like, oh, seriously, bachelors. Okay, more than one towel, pillows everywhere, a couple of really nice blankets. And a smelly candle. Yes, a smelly <laughs> candle. Yeah. Huh? Seriously, like, yeah, like, chick magnet. <laughs> Oh my I god. Mean, if, if chicks are even what you're trying to attract, I don't think that like, you know, that sort of a setup is going to turn down anybody. Yes. Well, and, and here's another pointer, not just for bachelors, but like, you know, to if you feel like, you know, you, you do you are feeling stuck and and you haven't met anybody for a while, just clean not just clean your place, but clean out your place. Really look for yes. the colors. Because the clutter tells stories and you will be surprised at what you find hidden under something. And it will be so either something that you just so not that's so not you anymore or something that is just actually energetically damaging to you, you know, stuff from past relationships that were bad or, you know, things like if you find underneath your bed shoved in a, you know, under the bed storage box, some sort of like love letter from your ex that abused you. You need to like that stuff is going to interfere with you meeting the right person. You need to get rid of that bad mojo stuff. Yeah, yeah. A, a good friend of mine, um, he uh, told me once that he had this box of like stuff that was left over from like you know, the girlfriend that he was the most into that he was like still like carrying a torch from and like it was all the stuff that she left at his house, like, you know, like a sweater and like, I mean, like even a box of tampons, he was holding <laughs> on to that and then like was having such a hard time meeting somebody else. It's like, oh my God, like get rid of that box. <laughs> God, there you go. It's a very literal representation of like holding baggage from your past relationship. Yeah. So um, that stuff is just really important. And, you know, you really will be, I, I guarantee you, you will be surprised at what you find. If you really go through a deep declutter, um, mm -hmm. you will be like horrified at some of the stuff that you've been holding on to and you didn't even realize it. Yeah. So free yeah. that energy. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel too that, you know, like um, people who were like, I, I talked earlier about people who were brought up as females, whether or not that is what they, you know, like what they actually were born as, um, or people who were, you know, like raised as males, they actually like, they hold on to a version of themselves as 18 year olds for a really, really, really long time. Like the way, like they establish their style in college. And then they just stick with it. And I'm like, you know, mostly just talking about like, you know, cisgendered hetero men. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I think that like, you know, people who with a lot more female energy, I'm going to talk about female energy and male energy because we all have both of those inside of ourselves, whether there's more of one than the other. But right now we're talking about the cis cisgendered hetero males. Like uh, they kind of define themselves like around 18, 19, 20, 21 you know, they have a style and then they just 
stick with it. And then it's like, suddenly you're 35 and that look just isn't so cute anymore. It's like, dudes, you can reinvent yourself. Like, I mean, that is like what, like, you know, the Queer Eye show is all about. It's not necessarily like, you know, trying to make men more metrosexual or it's just like trying to make them like a grown up version of themselves. Like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) The guys don't need the backward baseball cap anymore. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You can retire your baseball caps, like maybe wear something out that isn't a t-shirt. It's like, maybe just try it. See how it feels. Or or at least, you know, make sure it's not, you know, one of your ones that have been through the wash 8 million times and you've, you know, dried the car with a couple of times because you ran out of rags. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) An intentional t-shirt. Yeah. I was like, you know, you don't have to, you know, dress like some like, you know, basic dude, you know, like have some, have your own personal style to it, but you know, not your personal style from when you were 20. Yeah. And actually you bring up some good points that we, will um kind of build on for the next episode with the whole uh sex and the law of attraction because um kind of how you present yourself does attract different things so Mm -hmm. um you bring up a really good point 